Welcome to On My Own Dime. I'm your host, Jason McCormack. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been with me the past two years and want to support the show, please leave a comment or review. If you're able to support the show through a monthly contribution, please go to anchor.fm forward slash on my own dime. Click the support button and choose the amount you want to contribute each month. My guest today is Daniela Navarrete. She's bringing us more than a decade of experience in sync licensing, A&R, and artist management from Universal Music Group, Warner Chapel Music, and she recently started a new position with The Orchard, focusing on music distribution and artist and label services. Daniela, welcome to the show. Uh, I want to kick things off by just giving you a chance to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your career. Sounds good. Well, I'm Daniela Navarrete, actually from Colombia, and I moved here back in 2006, I believe. I went to school in a little town called Port St. Lucie in Florida, and then I went to school in Orlando in full cell. Started recording arts because I always loved being behind the scenes, just love music, but didn't think I had quite the talent to to be a musician myself um but just love to be behind the scenes then just moved over to music business and that's that's what i end up doing just getting myself into the business side of the music i started back in 2011 i believe or 2010 as an intern at universal i remember you went straight from your associates into the the bachelor's program which was new Yes. But did you roll straight into the master's before you started working? Yes, straight into the master's. I actually got my internship at Universal while I was doing my master's. Oh. So, well, I would do it because I did my master's online. They were like, they were doing it online. So that's how I did it. So I moved to Miami and I started in Machete, which was the, like, one of the very first labels of reggaeton. Once it was like kind of like coming out and I was actually interning in the marketing side and then just started talking to the people in the publishing side and ended up just kind of doing an internship in both in the label and in the publishing while I was doing my master. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very interesting. I, I didn't have a life for quite some time. <laughs> I did, but it was, I was like, this is the time to just, you know, focus on learning as much as possible and getting and getting out there because at the end of the day, this is a business that requires networking. It requires you to know people and to get to yeah to get to know the industry. And funny enough, after that, from that job, I I met one of my coworkers was the one that helped me and refer me to the job at Warner, Warner Music Latina. And the license, I, I started as a licensing coordinator. So it was, even though it wasn't in publishing, it was a, at a label. I was dealing with a lot of like copyright subjects. So I ended up just falling in love with publishing. And at the time, the, the Warner Chapel was in LA, but there was someone at the Warner Music Latina office from Warner Chapel. So I met him, and after some time at Warner Latina, they were doing some some layoffs. It was the time that a lot of labels just did a lot of layoffs because it was the time with, like, CD and streamings and all that. Well, was that, like, 2011 and 2012 yeah. time frame? 2012. Okay. It was 2012. Yeah, things were really bleak, like, when... I mean, when I, when we graduated our associates program, like I went out into my internships and like, it was very different than I thought it was going to be in terms of like the outlook of the industry. A hundred percent because they, they sell you one thing and then you get another one. Yeah. You get another one completely different. Yeah. I really thought it was just going to be much easier. And actually I want to pause for a little bit and just kind of going to another subject because I did love recording arts. I love recording arts. But the thing is that I'm not a musician. So it's, it's just kind of hard to be in that world without being a musician. That's how I feel. Do you feel like you just weren't really connected to or like 
something was missing for you? Yeah, like something was missing for me. But mm. even though I tried, I, I try to, you know, I try to get internships at, at studios. Um, so I, I try to get different um, internships, but I don't know if it was the timing. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe I was, I was also a little bit afraid of being on that world in a sense that it's, it was, it was, it's, it's changing now, but it was very, you know, men driven, you know, it just seems kind of easier just to get into the business side and it just kind of opened up more easily, I guess. Did you feel like that in class too? Well, funny enough, I think I was one of the, on the reporting program, there weren't that many women. No, it was like you, Caitlin <laughs> like me and, two. and Sarah. I think that was yeah, there were like three. And one of them wasn't actually in our class to start with. So she wasn't there the whole time, I don't think. No, she went into show production, I believe. Yeah, so it was just you and Caitlin. Yeah, so the associates program was revealing how the reality of the recording world. And, you know, there are women that are like, I don't care, I'll just go with it. But it just, I kind of like didn't want to deal with it. Mm. I was just happy enough to be able to get into Universal. Because one of the things that I did set my mind to, just I wanted to be part of a major. I wanted to start my career in a major. And I didn't really apply to anything else but a major for internships. Because in my mind, if I get into that, then everything else will just kind of like fall into place. You're gonna, yeah, you'll always have opportunities behind it. Yeah. Hmm. That was, that, that was my reasoning behind it. And it worked out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad it did. And I, I made, I, I mean, I met like great mentors at Universal, like on the label side and on the publishing side, great mentors that just kind of like walked me through the process and helped me throughout my whole career. Even like I said, one, one coworker helped me get into Warner Music Latina. And then after the layoffs, one of the, you know, my, my supervisor at Universal and Machete, she helped me get an assistant role to one of the managers of Chino Nacho, which, which was one of the, like a big group from Venezuela, but like big in old Latin America. You know, I was able to get that, that experience. And when Warner Chapel moved back to Miami from LA, they were looking for an assistant. And, you know, one of the, the coworkers that, that I mentioned that I'm, that I got to meet while working at Warner Music Latina just told me about the position and I ended up interviewing and getting the job. Very, fairly easy. But I do want to mention, funny enough, I was pregnant and they hired me, which was very surprising to me, to be honest, because I was, I was pregnant, but I didn't look pregnant. You know, it's very skinny. So uh, I went into the interview I mean, the interview was so good. We ended up talking a lot about many different things that I just left. And I was like, oh my God, I did not mention that I was pregnant. Uh, <laughs> what do you, I think but that's you don't a very have important to, right? Part. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. To be honest, I don't know because either way, I didn't think about that. I would, that was not that informed to be honest, but I just called them and told them just for me, not really because they were asking me. Yeah. And to be honest, it, it, it was surprising to me because um, there's so many talented people out there, not, you know, but I was very thankful for that. And they were very, you know, they were very good to me from the start. My, my two bosses that hired me at the, at the time. And that's how I grew in my time in Warner Chapel. I was able to, even though it's a major, I... It worked in a way that I got to see many different aspects of the music business and more so being an assistant. And to be quite honest to people that are coming out of like the music business, being an, in an assistant position to, to a president, to a CEO, I think that's some of the best positions to start off to get to know a lot of different aspects of the business. And I think that's this word, some of what brought me here. Yeah, I imagine you get like a bird's eye view with like the big picture instead of just having to figure out like one little 
section or one department of the company. Exactly. Because if you, if you go in and I don't know, like a lot of people that go into music business, they want to be a and arts because 90% of the people in the music business want to be a and arts. So if they go into that, that's, that's all you learn. If you want to be an intern just for a and R, that's all you learn. But if you intern in, in a, that, that kind of position, you get not just A&R, you get admin, you get digital, you get uh, sync, you get, you get so many different things that could lead you to be a great A&R or singing manager, creative manager, whatever position you might be thinking of. Yeah, just having that awareness of like the, the total picture of the industry will make yeah. you more successful at any one track that you choose to pursue. I wanted to know, you said that you fell in love with publishing. What did you like about it? The fact that it's so underestimated that a lot of writers and creatives neglect it. They don't know about it, or if they know, they don't think it has so much potential. Yeah, um, and it's really confusing. <laughs> and it's so confusing and it's yeah. so there's so much to it and i'm still learning about it and i mean i still there's so many things that i that i'm learning every single day so i i just kind of I, I like learning and being able to educate the market educate the 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 writers educate the managers and that that sounds kind of weird or bad like people may think about it. it's not like i feel like i need to educate everyone but well it's part I, of mentoring mentoring and just being able to to guide them through the process and just helping them you know like you can you're leaving money on the table you know let's resolve certain aspects so you can you can get money for your art because it comes back to what we were talking at the beginning it's just i know it's an art but in order to i mean you you need to eat, you need to pay rent, you need to... So if you want to live off of your art, you do need to treat it as a business. Yeah, I think that's obviously the missing element for like for most artists who are just at home writing or maybe they're touring somewhere or just playing local gigs. Like, There's so much talent out there, but how do you turn that into something that you can live off of? If everybody, if it was simple, if everybody understood what that was, it, there wouldn't be so many stories like we hear. Since I started with that sync group, it's been a couple years and, and I don't, I'm not part of that anymore. I just didn't feel like I could keep my output high enough to be competitive because I'm not doing it full time. So trying to do like more direct, um, just like, Hey, I'm just a single person like looking for a place for these four tracks. Um, but that's a, that's a war of attrition kind of, it's just like reach out to where, you know, do research, find somewhere you think it might fit kind of cross your fingers. But along the way to that, there's been a lot of reading and research and like organizing my catalog. And actually I should call it figuring out how to organize my catalog because even though it's my music, it's it's confusing. You you need to have like all of your metadata and like be able to tell somebody quickly like what does this sound like um, and where would it fit. There's so much information out there, and when you start getting into like, okay, well, when I put something out on a streaming, when I distribute something, now what? Like, how do I get? How do I know who who's listening? Then you have to look at like how to read metrics and stuff. And then, okay, well, how do I get all these royalties collected if there are any to collect? Uh, and it led to a lot of reading. Some, some I did like, you know, when we were in school doing our associates, we learned like the basics, but some of that stuff has changed. Like mechanical royalties is, is a little bit different now. There's more dimensions. Um, depending on like where the music is being used and how the music is being used. And now there's uh, like song trust, I think is the most prevalent company for independent artists as a way to like get your royalties collected. But I think a lot of 
artists are kind of just like, this is what I found. They register, but maybe don't really understand really what, what that service is doing for them. Um, and maybe it doesn't really necessarily matter yet for them, but like you said before, if you do get lucky and you get swept up, then you may lose all of that catalog that you've published already. Like if you get a, a record deal or um, get brought onto some kind of label, they, they may be all useless to the label because it's already been distributed and it's already registered with that collection agency. So there's like so much to learn. It's hard to keep it all straight by yourself. But if you were doing it full time, like you are, you get to focus on all of those little nuanced aspects. I mean, there's so many, like you said, like there's so many pieces to it. And thankfully there are more, you know, tools and resources for independence nowadays that they're used to. And the industry has been slowly changing in a way that, you know, I currently, I currently work at, at the Orchard and the Orchard has a distribution, but now we have the publishing services that we offer because we do want to be able to offer solutions for independent, for independent artists or independent writers and pre producers that don't know where to start. Thankfully, you know, Song Trust is out there as a resource, but uh, there are certain other aspects as the, the MLC, then make sure you have the PRO, make sure it's registered on the copyright, then HFA, you know, like, there's so many different aspects that just being able to get some kind of partner that knows about it. And that's why I was talking about a lawyer, you know, because they'll be able to tell you if you have a record deal, they will be able to explain to you what the record record deal means. Or if you get a publishing deal, they will be able to tell you what that means, what you're signing and what that means to you. Not just like, because it gets distributed or it gets, or you get royalties collected, but are you going to see the royalties collected anytime soon or ever, you know? And that can only, that even a manager will be able to tell you, depending on their experience, they might, they don't necessarily know how to, you know, how to deal with those things. Depending on their experience, of course, there are many different experience managers, but, um, but, the, but like an entertainment lawyer could definitely be able to tell you exactly what you're getting yourself into or not. Depending on your stage, the stage in your career, before anything else, or if that comes to pass without a manager, I would just go straight into a lawyer, you know? If you're starting out and you already have a distribution service and a publishing service, that you're working with and that is working for you and the level you're in, then just a marketing firm, you know, so they can help you get your music out there. And you're talking about sync. Sync is, sync is a whole other world. I was doing sync right before I made the move into the orchard. And I did that for three years because um, even in recording arts, I remember that whole, um, what was it like past production class we had so i, I kind of wanted to be like in that stage in my life i kind of wanted to be a full fully artist is that what you call it like fully artist yeah yeah i mean that's uh, such I, a cool like that. fun creative thing. it just seems so fun yeah i'm like i, I want to do this for the rest of my life just just figure out when what to how to make a noise in a different way and just like being out of and I remember they showed us like, a video of like just being in the woods to get some kind of sound for some kind of yeah doing the remember, field recording. It's it's yeah. cool because it's a perform like Foley is a performance art, but you and your face are not associated with it in any way. Yeah, that's what I love. Yeah, I love cool. being behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I I you know like that, and I'm just like I love movies and all that. So when I started, when I, again, I started as an assistant and then I saw there was like, like the, the sync portion, I just kind of like wanted to 
to get involved in it. And everything was just based in LA, but I had, you know, I had a family already like, you know, at that point did I have my two kids. Yeah. I already had my, Oh, I have one kid. And then I was pregnant to the, with the second one. And then I talked to my boss. I was like, I want to get it to sync. I think there's, you know, a whole, you know, a whole other world that we're missing here in the Latin side and the Latin division. And he was already either for me or he was already thinking about it, but we are completely connected in that uh, topic. And, and then after I came back from my maternity leave, he hired a VP uh, for sync and he had me, you know, moved over to sync and we're working with her, which, you know, I learned so much from her and grew on the sync side. And we did a lot in Latin America and you was Latin and we learned a lot from sync. Like very, because what you learn is very basic and then you get into, into the specifics and it's such an amazing world, but very, very competitive, like very competitive, high demanding. And, and it's, and it's competitive for the artist no, or for your team. That's trying to broker those connections. For everyone, it's competitive for everyone, for the artists, for the for the publishers, um, because there's so much music and there's so much talent out there, and there are you know either either the producers they know what they want and they want what they want and they'll get it no matter the cost, um, but there are some you know there are some other instances where they can get it like they can get something um the producers can get something very cheap because there are you know talent that is willing to to sell it for that amount just because they want to get their you know their foot on the door but depending on on or on where you get in or how you get in, you'll get more chances or it's just a, like a one-time thing because it just worked in that instance, in that place, in that scene or in that, but doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to work the next time because it just varies. It varies so much. It varies because you have many different moving parts. You have the music. So it has to be the exact music they want, the tempo, uh, the lyrics or different things. And then you have the term, you have the fee, you have the uses, you have many different things that you have to agree on. It's tough. It's not impossible, but it's tough. So it's, if that's your focus, they're good enough. There are agencies that, that provide those services. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that it depends on what the focus of the artist is. Yeah, I guess I talk a lot with artists that are just at home writing. And I feel like most of the writing, like anything you read or listen to, like when you're trying to learn about what should I be doing, it feels like everything like like a independent artist isn't necessarily just like I'm only going to do sync but I mean incidentally a lot of artists are being told or reading like sync is the new place where you could like really make better money if you're writing from home and so they are focusing on that but there's also artists who are like primarily see themselves as a songwriter or a producer that wants to work with artists but they're kind of trying to edge into sync as a way to supplement their income. So I think it's pretty much impossible for them to work through the process that you described that you can do with a team of people like, a, you know, having a publisher representing the artist, but like navigating all of those little tiny details and aspects of like, what are we agreeing to with this, uh, I, I guess not the director, but whoever's representing the film company for the deal. And it kind of paints a not, a, not a very hopeful picture for like how much music is out there and how little people are willing to like sell their music for just for the chance to have a credit, you know? 
And I, I also understand that like maybe somebody who's not like they'll do it for free or for $5 or whatever the case is, maybe, and probably are not competing with a big publishing company for a sync placement. But I think that there definitely are small media companies or medium mid-level media media companies who are maybe just turning to like music libraries that they can just get a blanket royalty free library to pick from and just take whatever's there. Um, but ultimately I think that songwriters and, and artists who are, who are writing music, probably they, they see it as art more than business or content and, they would want to be working with a director who's like, I only want this is the only thing that fits that has like a creative vision, you know? So there's so many, like as much information as there is out there. Uh, it seems like the more you get, the more questions you have for a very long time. And then eventually I think we all hope those questions taper off and you start to kind of get a handle on, on the big picture of it. But as much as there is out there, I think it's just, there's still a lot of things not connecting or they're only connecting. Like you said, like just for this one deal and it doesn't necessarily like throw a door open. That means you're good to go and you're going to get a bunch more sync placements and you can rely on it. It's like volatile. But I think it's like every, like with everything in life, you just have to keep knocking. Yeah. You know, you have to keep knocking and that's why I say it's depend depends on what the the importance is to the artist. Like because yeah, I think that sync is being over oversaw in a sense. I think it's a really good way. I do agree I, that it's a really good way for under artists to get you know your foot in the door, and it's a good way to make money. Um, but you have to build certain credibility, certain network. Uh, but you have to keep knocking. If, if sync is what you want to do, then just go into that direction. Um, get your music on music libraries. Music libraries are being used a lot. Like that was one. I think that could be one of the main competitors. You know, for the majors, the music library, production music. Um, it's another way you definitely be try to, trying to be part of a production music, you know, company that just sells library music. That's, you know, that's a good way just, just to get the ball rolling and continue to, to get your music out there. You know, if it's sync, it's what's relevant to you as an art, as an artist. Um, and then in another side of the story there's an artist that just want to get known want to be known of out there just like a marketing company just to get promotion and release market like um like a marketing campaigns just tell you exactly what to do and the many different aspects and the many different platforms that we have nowadays that is just like where do you even there's start there's so many <laughs> then you, you get caught up in one and then another one comes up and it's just like, it's never ending. Yeah. If you have distro kit as your distributor, like I bet you, if you ask any musician who's using them, like where is your music? They wouldn't be able to tell you all the places. No, it's like, it's, it's so many, it's everywhere. There's just so many different ones. So, and I remember this from like, like, one of the classes in music business and I always have this sample that they gave us in, in, uh, in one of the classes and it's like Toys R Us and now now I can see it happening like all the way because Toys R Us are like are they all closed already or most of them? I, have I no haven't idea, seen but one I in a really long time well here's the thing they they um, they were really very like really good at selling toys I'm telling you the story that they told us at that moment. I don't know what has happened and what the whole, you know, marketing study is on them from 2010 to now, but that's what they, 
taught us at the time and it was like they were really good at selling toys and it was a really good company then they saw they decided to do baby saras and like just branch out so they were saying they were trying to compare it to starbucks so starbucks decided to do just like being really good at coffee and so they showed the growth potential for starbucks and you know, now they're like everywhere, you know, who doesn't know Starbucks? Who doesn't drink Starbucks? Now they have like reels about Starbucks. So it's just like, it's all over. And then you have Toys R Us, which you haven't seen a Toys R Us in so long. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get and the point that they were trying to make, um, aside from whatever happened in between with Toys R Us is the fact that you have to try to be really good at one thing, just like be really good at one thing. When you have it all mastered and you really good at it, then decide like at least decide where you, where you want to do. And then I know that as an artist, it's hard because there's so many different aspects to the art and, and it's not like, Oh, you sink and you, you're not going to do something else. Or it doesn't mean that necessarily that, if you're a well-known artist, you don't do sing. No, you do everything. But once you start in, if you're starting off, just try to figure out what, like, what you want to do, what's really important to you, or what you're really good at, and then just put your own in that. And then little by little, all the other pieces can kind of like come together in a sense that sync, if sync is what you are really good at, and that you think that can get your foot in the door, then just be really good at it and make the connections and be on the guilds awards. Try to be a guilds member if you can. I'm not sure what the requirement. I, I know I, I was able to get it, but I, I don't know the requirements if, if an artist can be on it. I don't remember, to be quite honest. Try to be in events where music supervisors are. Try to be part of, like I said, the music libraries. And then just focus as much as your energy there. And then see where everything takes you. Again, like I was saying, it's just about keep knocking if that is what drives you. If you want to be very well-known, get viral, be viral and all that, just like a marketing firm and just do a lot of content in, you know, in the different platforms. If it's Instagram, if it's TikTok, if it's whatever else comes on next, then then do it and be really good at it. I think you're 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 leading by example, right? I mean, what you've shared about your career is that you jumped in and you were like, uh, this is a great internship. Can I do publishing too?" And then you were an assistant and you were doing every learning everything. Um, and now you've moved into a specific area of the industry, um, like what you just described <laughs> for artists. And I met. I've been going to the alumni mixers that our school's been having just as a way to like get back in touch with people in, in the industry. And I met a guy that did the facial expression graphics for some of the star Wars films. And he was kind of telling me his story and it, it was like, you know, he started out with this wide base of skills in digital art and over the years, like narrowed in and then got that big gig with Star Wars. And then he said, from there on, I felt kind of like we, he started his own company because they built an extension to the software that was used in order to enable the, like what the film company was asking for. Cause it, didn't exist yet so he wrote like coded an extension to the software to do this extra stuff um i guess more detailed i don't i don't come from that world so i'm not going to do a good job like <laughs> translating it but he says like moving forward it was great but then he felt trapped like everyone only knew him for doing the one thing and uh so right now he was working on like broadening his client base like opening it back up and it's just it's really fascinating to me to hear that consistency across almost everyone I talk with. They're like, you have to establish this broad foundation and figure out, you know, what am I good at? What do people need from me? 
uh, and what do I like and try to find some kind of balance there that you, you can, you can live with and sustain um, and then narrow it in and really become a master at something. And then it seems, it sounds like the, the older people I talk to, or I should say the more experienced, I don't want anyone to be insulted, <laughs> but uh, they get to a certain point where it's like, it gets very narrow and then they, they feel like maybe they miss other aspects of, of the industry or they just, they want to branch out or not feel like they can only do one thing. Um, but I think to get to that point, it's like you hit your mark a long time ago. If you're feeling like, Oh, I'm so good at this. It's not challenging to me anymore. And I want to do more or diversify or whatever, look for something more challenging again. Um, which we should always do. But if I master something, I don't want to leave it behind. <laughs> no, and, you know, and, and now that you, you mentioned that, it just makes me think, yeah, it's it's a cycle, to be honest. It's, it's, it's quite a cycle because I never thought it that way, but it did start in a, in a position that I was able to see many different aspects. But then I decided that I really wanted to be really good at sync, you know? And just focus on sync. But then now that I think about it, that was not only my only focus that I really wanted to be good at sync. I wanted to be good at knowing Latin America and how publishing works in Latin America and how even sync at the moment worked in Latin America. So that was one another thing that I really wanted to master. And it was the territory, the different territories in Latin America. And then while I was doing sync and then this this uh, opportunity came came by and now I'm doing publishing many different aspects again. When I moved over from from, from uh, Warner Chapel to the Yorkshire, I was doing a Warner Chapel sync, which it was very just sync focused, just one department, one thing. And then now that I move into the publishing, it's it's a lot of many different things. But the one thing that that is very, um, that kind of sticks is Latin America. I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing Latin America and doing U.S. Latin. Those are my main focus, but I'm doing a little bit of the other territories. So getting to know all the, how the territories work on publishing. So I'm, even though publishing is my narrow, I'm still doing a lot of different moving parts because then we do creative then we do the admin portion. Then we also still pitch for sync. So there, so it's just kind of like, like a cycle. And like what what I was telling you, there's a point in your in your life as an artist that you decide where, where I want to go, what I want to focus, and then all the other moving parts just kind of come to mind. And then you have to, to make another decision. If you want to stay into and do that or, or what you want to do. I have two questions. I think they lead into each other, maybe a little. Um, first, what does it mean when you say the different territories? Are you talking about like Latin music in the U.S. and then Latin music in South America? And Lat like, what, what do you mean the different territories? The U.S. Latin market, it's, it's a whole different world than it is in Latin America and South America. So, and then people think South America, it's just one territory. And then, and then that everything is just kind of works the same. But in South America, each country, each region works, it's a whole different monster. You know, it's okay. not because we have one language that, the, the Latin music works the same way just because it's South America. No, it works in many different ways. So Mexico, it's completely different. They have a whole other set of rules than Brazil, you know, than Colombia. Then, so it's, it's a very complex market. They're very complex. It's a very complex territory. Hmm. So, so that means like as confusing as the U.S. publishing information is, we multiply that by like 50 some territories with different rules that may not have 
or may not subscribe to the MLC or HFA or something else, they might have another entity replacing them with different rules. Exactly. Okay. So each third. Yeah. Okay. So I understand. There's no what MLC. You meant. There's no, there's, you know, that's, yeah, it's completely different. And every PRO is different. They don't have the BMI and ASCAPs. They have other ones. They have their own set of rules, the, their own set of, um, requirements and rules and just there's, yeah, it's complex, but that's what, you know, we're here for, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, my other question, it sounds, I hear like when you talk about your work, I hear this, like in between the lines, I'm reading this, like, consistent thread of like this um like you are protecting people from themselves or protecting people from like being taken advantage of um is that like do you do you feel that way is that like one of the things you love about what you're doing that's what drives me okay <laughs> and to be honest that's that's one of the I would say the the key the one of the the main reasons I switch over to the orchard um because what they're doing is they're let's put it this way they're helping the little guy. I've only been here for three months, yeah, three months or over three months. But just the idea that they're changing the industry, they're giving the opportunity, you know, to the independent. And I know, the, you know, you know, Bad Bunny is there, so he's huge now. But there were partners in his process. And now being able to provide a publishing services service to the indie writers, it just gives me an opportunity from 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 the inside out, from the, like, from the starting, not the inside out, I'm sorry, but the starting point of an artist's career, be able to tell them or being able, not to tell them, being able to be as a, re, like, serve as a resource to them, to let them know how they can set up, you know, and that's my job. That's great. Like, how can you set up everything? Yeah, you can kind of, like, get right next to them before they're in trouble and advocate for them right out the gate. Exactly. It's like before you get into a really bad deal, these are these are the different ways that you can go about it. You can, you know, be part of the orchard, you know, and these are the services that, you know, we provide, or maybe they're already part of the orchard uh, on the distribution side. And, and then we can offer the service, um, you know, and being able to, because we're not just like, oh, I want to sign you and I want to claim a percentage and that's it. No, we really, we really guide them through the process of, you know, a PRO. Um, are you part of it? Which one works best for you? What? And that comes, you know, from my boss too, in a sense that he, he's, a, he's an advocate for the for the indie writers so he his vision is to to be able to provide tools and and the like just being part of the process so what's different about well not what's different i understand what's different but is there an aspect of like a and r to what you're doing for the orchard now because it sounds like you're working much well i imagine you're more working more directly with artists than you would have been when you were at Warner? Well, yes and no, in a sense that I am. There is more of an aspect of A&R in this role that it was on the other one, in a sense that, you know, I'm talking with the artists or, or the publishers that we sign because we sign publishers as well. Um, and just being able to help find opportunities. But I, I did that in a, in a smaller scale. And 
with saying we we were involved a lot with the writers and just because I was I was working there for so long I had a, like a good relationship with a lot of the writers I was working with them and trying to set up because again one of my passions is just to making sure everything is organized just so the writers can get you know the royalties in place and so I was already talking a lot with with some of the of the writers there and we were getting you know opportunities for sing so we were doing a lot of I was very involved with the writers and our producers from day one to now it's it's in a different position and more involved because now I'm involved in helping them in in many different aspects of their career so in chapel when I started it was more like A&R admin I was assisting so I was doing a lot of you know splits copyright and just kind of like being serving as a middleman for registration I was helping set up set uh, you know sessions or camps or, and all that um and then when I was doing sync it was just like very sync focused right now it's it's many different aspects because I'm we're guiding them in the many different areas of their um of their career and are, are you finding artists for the company now or is someone else doing that and they're pairing you up with artists within the company? So uh, we're in the early stages where we're working a lot with the, with the artists that are already being distributed, but it just, it just kind of varies, but that's, that's the main core of the moment, just with the artists that, that we're distributing and then just being able to help them set up and have like the whole deal in place. They like distribution and publishing in one place. I presume that will continually evolve and we work hand in hand with, with the distribution team. So um, not necessarily, but I could, you know, I bring deals to the table if they are for both distribution and publishing, because that's the vision at the moment. Anything else you want to share about like just your experience working all those years coming up through a major? At least for artists, just investigate before you get involved. Try to get some advice. Try to get maybe contact a teacher at a university if you can afford some other way try to get someone in linkedin or try to investigate before you get into something that you'll regret but also be trustworthy in a sense that there are things that just kind of need to happen and i know and you mentioned like taylor swift but it was her process it was her process. It was a good, it's, you know, there's, but at the same time, look where she's, she's at and she's trying to get it back. There are some things that either if they're good or bad, it's part of the journey, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all critics of the prevalent stories, right? Hey buddy. Yeah. Um, sorry, so. that's my dog's feet tapping behind me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're all critics, but wouldn't it be so great if that was our problem? <laughs> like, like, we're so big, like, we, we've lost control of our catalog. Like, that's, I mean, what, yeah, what a silly thing to criticize, of course. Um, but, a, but just a simple example that most people are familiar with of, like, you know, what could, what, why we're, why you're advising people to kind of like do your research and ask questions. Um, and of course it's like hard for, it's hard for an artist when they get, it's not like we're all out here like writing in our little offices or second bedrooms or regular bedrooms and we're getting offers left and right. Like when you get somebody reaching out, it's really exciting. And it's, I think everybody wants to just say yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I understand that. I guess that's why that's why I'm so excited where I'm at right now, just because there's a service that can help independent writers and publishers and artists just to get their things in order. 
So there is a solution coming. There is a solution already in place, many different platforms out there. I'm personally like really glad to know somebody like you is moving to a smaller place where maybe more artists would have access to um, or different artists would have access to. And it's hopeful to think of the prospect of like many of those companies starting to take on that role of advocating um, and, and looking to like help people make a living, uh, like help people understand the aspect of their art that they don't understand yet, the, the business part of it. Uh, I think that's really hopeful and it's really encouraging to like hear that protective, just that element of being protective, like in everything that you say. Mm, no, thank you. And I, I really hope it makes the change. And I think that's at least on the, on the music industry, just what the orchard is doing is where the industry is, is moving towards. I think that's the future. Um, just because artists are just tired of getting bad deals or just not, not, or not knowing where to go, signing something that you don't fully understand is what I mean by a bad deal. Just signing something that you don't fully understand or knew what you were getting yourself into, which is why I emphasize just if you, before signing something, get a lawyer. It's, I know it's expensive, but it will be cheaper in the long run. <laughs> Great advice for all the artists out there. Daniela, thank you for sharing your experience here. I'm really glad that there's people like you out there trying to make the industry a better place for artists. That's our show today. Nothing on the books yet for next month. I'm considering sharing more about my own journey through the music industry and the Coast Guard as two separate mini-series. Let me know in the comments if that sounds like something you want to hear about. Thanks for listening and supporting On My Own Dime. <laughs>